Welcome to Future Focus, the UK at Expo podcast series, where throughout the world's greatest show at Expo 2020 Dubai, we'll be celebrating the best of the UK's creativity, innovation and culture, with special guests offering exclusive insight into ways we can innovate for a shared future. In this episode, host Hannah Austin talks to Martin Green, Chief Creative Officer of the Birmingham Commonwealth Games 2022 and unboxed a £120 million festival of UK creativity and innovation. Previously, Martin has masterminded some of Britain's most significant major events, including the opening of the O2 in London and the 2012 Olympic and Paralympic opening and closing ceremonies. In 2018, he was made a CBE in the Queen's New Year's Honours list and he's also a cultural advisor to Dubai Expo 2020. In a wide-ranging conversation, Martin talks to Hannah about some of the exciting unboxed projects going live in the next few months, as well as the transformative power of art. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the How Will We Create series of the Future Focus UK at Expo podcast. I'm Hannah Austin from the Department for International Trade, and today on the podcast, we're joined by Martin Green at CBE. Welcome, Martin, and thank you for joining us. Hi, it's great to be here. So you're currently working to deliver unboxed creativity in the UK, to give it its full title. Um, What can you tell us about plans so far? Well, it's very exciting. Uh, As you know, we launched a few weeks ago. So Unboxed is a celebration of all our creativity happening across the United Kingdom in 2022. And because it uses so many digital tools, it's going to be able to be accessed by anyone in the world, basically. And it's kind of an experiment, but it's also a celebration of creativity. But it brings together scientists, technologists, Uh, engineers, artists and mathematicians, so that old acronym STEAM, and we brought them together to say, look, what happens if you all come together to create events? Uh, Not only live events, but events that involve digital sides and AR and apps, but also traditional broadcast, Um, and we'll be staging those up and down the UK throughout 2022 and online and indeed on, on every platform you could possibly think of. So here at the UK Pavilion at Expo 2020 Dubai, we've tried to do some of the same, that mix of science and AR and art and creativity. So it's super exciting that the UK is doing something later in 2022 to celebrate exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's on the same tip. I mean, it all kind of started. I read a report by the Bank of England that said that the in the future, jobs where creativity is the core skill required would increase by 30% in the next 10 years. And of course, you know, the kids have been smashing science and technology and art into one another for years, right? It's only the grown-ups that keep them apart. But it's absolutely clear that as we travel through this sort of fourth revolution, the digital revolution, that we've got to combine them all. And, you know, further underneath, you know, underneath that sits this idea that there is rarely anything we do in life, let alone in work, that doesn't involve some level of creativity. And creativity, therefore, is not just the purview of culture or arts. You can't solve a science problem with that creativity. You can't solve a tech problem with that creativity. And in the future, it's the combination of all of these that's sort of going to see us through. And that that was the starting uh, place for Unboxed, really, and turned into these 10 extraordinary commissions that, that we announced a few weeks ago. 
Amazing. So let's talk about some of those 10 commissions. So you've mentioned various different platforms that Unbox will use to showcase this creativity, apps, traditional broadcast. How, how are some of those things being utilized and how can people get involved? So let's talk about a couple of them that are reasonably contrasting. So, so on a sort of environmental, quite granular end, we've got a project called Dandelion, which is taking place across the whole of Scotland for most of the year. And essentially, uh, it seeks to redesign the Harvest Festival for the modern age. And actually, in nearly every culture around the world, there is something approaching a Harvest Festival called A Million Different Names. And they're using, you know, new growing techniques and new ways of, 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 of growing food to bring people together to look at how we grow our own food more sustainably. But they're also doing sort of pop-up guerrilla gardens uh, in unexpected spaces. They're also using new tech to look at how we grow things. And they've developed these sort of extraordinary glass boxes which are placed all around Scotland then come together where musicians get them and uh, we look at how things grow. So a, a sort of quite granular environmental way of bringing steam together to look at how we might live in the future. At the other end, we've announced a project called Sea Monster, where we are taking an entire North Sea oil rig and we are placing it in a seaside town in the UK called Western Supermare. Now, this has a really hard end. These things took from the earth. Arguably, they haven't been very good for the earth. And when they reach the end of their life and we scrap them, it's an expensive and very dirty thing to do. So the creatives involved there said, what if we kept them? What if we turned something that took from the earth into something that gave back to the earth. So this oil rig is being placed in a town as part of a massive regeneration project. It will, of course, generate all its own power from natural sources, wind and sun. It will be a kinetic sculpture. It will have a classroom on it where we see thousands of kids through to look at different issues around the environment and also a broadcast studio so we can bring the whole of the Unbox project, all 10 projects, uh, to the world as part of our uh, digital work. So. There's two of just 10, uh, but hopefully you can see that we're working at scale. We're working with all sorts of scientists and technicians as well as creatives to ask questions, you know, can we do things differently? And all of them, yes, can be experienced live, but equally they can be engaged with through digital tools and traditional broadcasts. And again, you know, this whole idea of you don't need to be there to be there, where digital isn't simply an amplification, it's an absolute integral part of the engagement in the project uh, is another thing that really inspired us. And we've really seen that grow, that idea of you don't need to be there to be there. It's, it's something that we're definitely hoping to, to have brought to people with the UK Pavilion at Expo 2020 and with some of the activity that we're doing there. But I just want to pick up on, we keep talking about STEAM and the importance of STEAM in some of these projects and the relationship between uh, STEAM subjects and creative sectors. So how is that being represented in Unboxed and how important do you think that is? Well, in a way, we're hoping to get to the end of this and sort of get rid of the acronym, really, because really we just want to talk about creativity, uh, which is inherent in all of those things. So if you take another project, we're calling, uh, which is called Dream Machine, this is where creatives and architects have been working with neuroscientists uh, to look at the effect light has on the brain, but through a creative act. So the architects have built these extraordinary spaces where people can come through and through the interplay of music and light on their closed eyes, it produces extraordinary visions and feelings in the brain, which kick off other centers in the body. Um, and so there's a complete collision of all those different acts needed to do that. It's a really interesting, almost 
entertaining experience, but it's also being used as a big research project into neurodiversity. I keep thinking about what you said right near the beginning, which is that the younger generation do this stuff so much better. They're already used to thinking about the merging of creative creative industries and creativity in with traditional subjects that we might associate with STEAM, the acronym. You know, if you grow up in the world these days, you're constantly around the idea that there is no walls between these things. And then you hit sort of a grown up system of education and work which seeks to divide them. And I think, you know, encouragingly, we're seeing a lot more attitudes now that it isn't, you know, these walls between subjects. It's about how they combine um, to look at, you know, all the things that will help us live, work and play. And, you know, hopefully... Uh, in an optimistic way that we're not scared of tech and we're not scared of what the future brings because we can learn to use it and evolve it and we can use it creatively ultimately for good so you know yes we've got projects that look at the environment yes we've got projects that look at neuroscience yes we've got look look at projects that look at how we can reuse uh you know large-scale items and and so much more uh you know taking an optimistic view that actually if we if we can if we can run it and we can own it we can make it work for good. So much of what we talk about is digital and the importance of digital, talking about the younger generation, that idea of of not having to be there, um, still to still enjoy something and to still engage with something. Is digital the future for engaging global audiences? You touch on uh, traditional broadcasts. Is there still that value there or, or will everything be digital soon? No, I don't think so. I mean, there's there's a very real fact to this, that there is enormous parts of the world and including parts of the UK where we still have digital poverty. Now, that ultimately is a thing that can be fixed if we can get the broadband there or if we can get, you know, actually now 5G is going to trump a lot of this anyway. Um, but hopefully that's a momentary thing. However, I think, you know, what I'm hopeful about is essentially each genre has its own special things about it. So, yes, there are great things we can do with tech. There are great things we can do with digital. But there are also great things that television can still do, albeit, you know, through all the good competition around streaming. There's, a, there's great things that radio will never stop being the best to do. So I don't think, as ever, you dump one, you know, in favour of the other. What you end up with is a, is a plate full of goodies, which are all proving what they're really good at. And often you know, when, they, when they're really good, they all combine. Um, we've got a project in Unbox called Gulwad, which is, um, is going to take the whole of Wales to the year 2052 for a week in 2022. Now, they've been working with world building studios in Los Angeles, who are the people who create worlds for sci-fi movies. All of that came out of the movies. But they've brought in digital streaming. They're also doing a good old-fashioned television broadcast, as well as live community engagement work, all to engage people in how they can use these techniques to build their own their own worlds going forward uh, and engage in conversations about what the future could like could be like if we have a really productive role in it. Um, so I'm excited that you know when everything combines, you get a perfect mix of everything. Absolutely. I really want to ask you about the fact that we've mentioned Scotland, we've mentioned Wales. I know that you were involved with Hull, the city of culture. I know that obviously we've already mentioned that you're working on at Birmingham and the fact they're hosting the Commonwealth Games. So often with art and creativity, we 
we tend to run a little London centric. So how important is it to you that we've got those those other regions of the UK really reflected and kind of put front and centre at some of these projects? Yeah, and actually, I, just to big up, we've also obviously got a massive project in Northern Ireland where we're we're making a scale model of the solar system on a 10-kilometre site on the coast of Northern Ireland, which is accompanied by an app by which you can navigate your way through the solar system as you walk this extraordinary walk. So that's another thing altogether created by Oliver Jeffers, the children's author. I think the great thing about Unboxed was because it wasn't linked to a sporting event or an anniversary, we finally got to do... On a, on a very large scale with a cultural project, something we wanted to do for ages, which is release it from the metropolises because there is a natural ma- magnetic draw. They're great. I love them. But this was an opportunity to use the whole of the UK as site, as place, if you like. Pragmatically, that means we can take excellent work to places that too often don't get excellent work or work of scale. It's slightly because we've been released from needing to prove ourselves simply by the size of our live audience, because actually anyone can engage in anything we're doing through the radio, television or palm of their hand, which also means that we extend to a global audience as well. And so it's been really refreshing because creativity is always sought to do that. It like so many things in life get sucked into metropolises and urban centres. But this is a project that's happening you know, literally end to end and side to side in the UK, urban, rural areas and getting to those audiences that all too often don't get the opportunity. And we're really excited about that. Yeah. And we've been really lucky with the UK programme at Expo 2020 in benefiting from great collaboration from Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland. We've really benefited from their input across the sectors that we're highlighting at, at World Expo. So great to hear that they are also appearing in Unboxed. We've touched on the fact that digital audiences make things that much more accessible and it means that you can reach that many more people and moving away from the importance of live physical in attendance audiences and into that digital audience. In terms of COVID-19 and the pandemic, has that impacted your creative planning or, or is it the fact that things were moving in that way generally? What do you think the impact's been on on the large-scale events? I think we're mindful of it. I mean, it's important to say that the whole concept of Unboxed was was brought together pre-pandemic. So in a way, it's serendipitous that we were looking at the, the elasticity, if you like, that can exist between the digital world and the broadcast world and the live events world. And that means that as we go forward, kind of whatever happens, we can swing into either one of them. Um, but it, but it, you know, it, it was a thesis we were testing way before, you know, we had to go through the pandemic, and we were forced in these digital spaces. And in, in a way, that's when digital spaces don't work when you're forced into using them, and they're your they're your only offer. Because what have we all learned over the past year and a half? We are desperate to be in live space with each other again. We are desperate to eat lunch at our desk and have a gossip with the person next to us. So no one likes, you know, our options being taken away from us, even though we hope that's momentarily. Now, the pandemic's had a devastating effect on the live events market. Um, and, you know, my, you know, on a personal level, most of my friends and colleagues work in it. You know, we're, we're doing this at Expo, which has been, you know, forced to open a year later than planned, but open it did with some aplomb. Um, so, I, you know, one can only be hopeful about the future. One can only be hopeful that things that we've learnt 
come into play and we use them in the mix rather than the only thing. I hope we don't go completely back. Sometimes we wear back to normal as a back badge of honor. And what we mean is back to the way we were because we all have learned things. And also, this is not just about the UK or the West. This is about uh, this rollout uh, being global and about the world getting back to a place where it can move freely and express itself freely. Absolutely. And let's stay in that global space. Um, I'm going to ask what you think it is about UK creativity in particular that has such a global appeal. Well, it's funny because I know what you mean, but when you put it like that, it feels like a one-way conversation. I think one of the great things about the creativity that emanates from the UK is that it's a dialogue. It's not sort of being transmitted. It's also being received as well. So, you know, obviously, traditionally, the UK was a great place where great cultures mixed where different influences were and that is never a bad thing for creativity uh, yes you know we've got some skills there and I think it's it's really good that if you go really anywhere in the world and you see any major event taking place there are basically either a load of Aussies there because they're really good at it too or a load of Brits um, uh, working on it and I think it's a great export for us But I I think, and, you know, hopefully we demonstrated that with the way we staged the Olympic Games 10 years ago, but also in a way how we're approaching Unbox, because given another opportunity to do something creatively at scale, we said like, okay, let's get out of the capital city. Let's not make it, you know, two weeks or whatever. Let's do something different. And I think maybe that's an attribute as well. We've been doing some sessions unboxed to global on unboxed to global audiences, and their sort of jaws drop when you tell them that this is, you know, we're spending 120 million pounds of public money on this. And, you know, I think that is to be really savoured that we are in a place where we would invest in our creative life to do something completely unproven and brand new at vast scale, because we know the value of inspiration, if you like. If you simply keep repeating things or just doing things you know work, you won't get anywhere. And we know the places that really stretch themselves are the places where people go, actually, that's probably where I want to make my next movie or develop my my next game because I think the people with really open creative minds are there. And that's obviously got a a hard economic edge to it, which is all good. And we see some of that legacy with some of the conversations that we're able to have at Expo 2020. People remember the London Olympics opening ceremony. They remember a lot of the fanfare around that and some of the other great, great national moments that the UK has produced. So these moments act as national adverts for our creative sector. And I guess in current times, that's more important than ever for our creative industries. And it also depends where the the heart of your economy lays. You know, in the UK, the creative industries are one of, if not the leading income generator for the country. Um, we, you know, we're not a manufacturing based country necessarily. We're a creative based, you know, uh, economy, whereas other countries don't lean to that way. So it's also speaking to your skills and, you know, what you're good at. Now that means you have to feed that pipeline. We've got to make sure that we are uh, releasing creativity from young people as they go through the education system. You don't teach creativity to young people. You relate, you release it from them. That's really important. It's inherent in them and that we keep that pipeline going. We continue to invest in, uh, you know, in creative exercises and major events because they lead to so so much else it's worth remembering that 
nearly everybody involved in the opening ceremony of the Olympic Games came through the subsidised arts sector. Uh, they may now be making their money on movies. I noticed the other day that half the people involved in opening ceremony uh, have just been somewhere on the new Bond movie, which is, you know, legacy in action. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's important to our particular economy because I think it, we are increasingly a creative nation and it's where people choose to come if they want to do creative things because they know they can find the workforce and the mindset there. And, and I think that's really exciting, something we should feel really positive in about the future. I'm fascinated by what you've just said about young people, not least because our next breakthrough moment within the UK programme at Expo 2020 asks the question in the future, how will we learn? But what you just said around young people, you don't teach creativity, but you release it from them. I think that's really interesting. And I'm sure that you're hoping that Unboxed will create a legacy that will help more young people get in touch with their creative sides. Yeah, all the projects have got huge learning and participation programs with them that we're basically hoping reaches every school in the UK in one way or another. There'll also be online resources, again, that basically any school in the world could download. Um, and we want to have what we call this creative conversation because we want kids to know that it's not going into the arts is not the only way that you will be creative. Going into science and technology and any of these other areas and also seeing how they mix is going to be a really fun, rewarding career where you can really put yourself into it and your creativity into it. Um, and, and if that's what we get out of that year, I, I'll be super happy. And the, and the 10 commissions exist as catalysts for those conversations, if you like. I went into project delivery as a career and it still allowed me outlets such as this, such as talking to you today, to feel like I'm being a little bit creative. Could you give us a little insight into your early career and how you came to be in the sorts of jobs that you're doing today? Sure. And, you know, project, I mean, project, what is more creative than project delivery? Every day, you, I bet you 10 times a day, you are being faced with a problem. That's not going to happen on time. That's not working. They haven't done that or whatever. And you go, right, what do you say? Classically, what is the creative solution to this? Right. So, you know, I can't bang on about this enough. I mean, I was, I studied theatre, so I did come through an arts creative not I was never kind of a performer or an actor I was really interested in producing and directing and I, I I got really interested in the role that producers play to bring creatives together to make new things and to be it be on the side of it that was enabling that people to do that creatives to do that that's what I get a kick out bringing together the resources and the people to enable creatives to do their best work ever um, and so you know I then sort of started doing relatively small events and found that I really liked that atmosphere of particularly free public events and so I spent five years at the mayor's office in London uh, running events in London and you know doing everything from community events up to New Year's Eve fireworks off the London Eye which was super fun every year um, I then went to work for the Olympic oh I opened I was part of the team that opened the O2 in London um, and then I, I I ended up as head of ceremonies for the Olympic Games and producing the the opening ceremonies of the Games and then as you said earlier went to be director of whole city of culture and I found myself here so I've um, that makes it seem really quick and easy it wasn't it was bloody hard work uh, but um, and also you can you know underlining 
because I have managed to work with the most amazing teams of people ever and been in a position where I can sort of enable them to do that work. So again, even with Unboxed now, it's 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 not about us as producers. It's about these, what, 300, 500 creatives that are busy producing this amazing work for next year. So it's it's really fulfilling. I heard amazing things about the number of projects that you had suggested to unbox. So I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in the selection process. It must have been terribly hard. One of the most thrilling weekends. We just, again, the the three words we've, we've sort of adhered to are open, original and optimistic. And so one of those open was we wanted to fling it out there. We didn't want to just, you know, ask our mates or the usual suspects. We thought this was a great opportunity to get new creatives or creators who are doing the biggest thing of their career underrepresented voices get you know opportunities there so we flung it out there and we didn't ask for ideas we asked for teams to assemble and we just had a few rules that we wanted all of steam to be represented we wanted new voices in there we also wanted some uh, bigger institutions in there as well and we had 290 teams apply which was accounted for two and a half thousand individuals and organizations we then chose 30 of those teams and really importantly funded them a hundred thousand pounds each over three months to come up with their work because again when we talk about creativity too often we don't talk about the importance of r d the importance of the ability to fail right because you don't get anywhere if you don't fail every now and then so taking those 30 teams through a paid r d who then pitched their idea and we chose 10 and that's what we're fully producing now. But the 20 who didn't get to that point will say that that three months, you know, of paid R&D was an invaluable experience of making new connections, thinking in new ways. And we know from the research that they all found it an unbelievably valuable experience. So I think that whole idea of R&D within creativity is one that we need to continue to pursue quite rigorously. And that feels like a really innovative way of starting a project as well. Yeah, I mean, we were lucky we had the resources to do it. Too often creatives are told, right, do you want to pitch for this work? Okay, you've got three weeks. Tell me your idea. Oh, no, we're not paying you for that, you know. And and it's it's a hard slog to do that. Um, But being able to invest in the R&D, and we did, we kicked it all off with like an eight-day creative studio where we wanted to talk about big ideas and popular ideas. So, you know, Stephen Daldry came and talked to them about how you make the crown uh, so popular, but such quality. Um, uh, Niall Rogers did a lecture on how disco took over the world. And then we had uh, Maggie, who's a space specialist, who blew everyone's minds on what space is and what can do. Because you, you know, So this whole creative studio to be the catalyst to the thinking. Uh, so we made sure that we were guiding people to sort of big popular ideas because we want everyone to find at least one, hopefully many more projects that they love um and it you know we all learn a lot it just sounds fascinating and we'll absolutely make sure who and anyone who was finding this podcast and listening and thinking oh how do i how do i find out more about unboxed we'll make sure we include all the links in, in the various summaries so that people can find their way through to accessing all you need to do is go to unboxed2022.uk and you'll find out everything you need to know about the project and you can sign up to get more information as the months pass and we get bigger and bigger Let me just ask you about your other project. So what's next in the planning process for the Birmingham Commonwealth Games opening ceremony and everything that goes along with that? 
Well, uh, it's an interesting time. So uh, a few weeks ago, we set the Queen's Baton Relay off on its journey. So that's now making its way around the 72 countries uh, and territories of the Commonwealth that will come back into the UK uh, next year in June, go around the UK and end up running into the stadium on opening ceremony night. We've got the most magnificent team of creatives working on opening ceremony. Iqbal Khan, the great director, is its artistic director, but Hamish Hamilton, probably the best live TV director in the world. Misty Buckley, one of the greatest designers around, um, who work all over the world and now are finally working, you know, the place where they're from. So, um, yeah, opening ceremony will be on the 28th of July. Uh, it has a TV audience of about a billion and a half. There'll be 30,000 people in the stadium. Um, last time we tried one of these 10 years ago for the Olympics, it, I'm pleased to say it went quite well. It's hard stuff to live up to. And the Commonwealth Games is a very different beast from the Olympics. So it's a lot more informal. It's sort of the scruffier cousin to the formality of the Olympics. So we're going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, and then we've also got a six-month culture program that sits around the Games in Birmingham and the West Midlands, really showing the best of what this region has. It's an immensely creative place. There's a lot of tech, there's a lot of gaming here. Um, and, and, and too many people sort of don't know how creative this place is, slightly because it's so close to London, it sort of gets in its shadow sometimes. And so this is where the mega event is so useful. It's a, it's a real spotlight on Birmingham, the West Midlands, and a place where we can bring lots of different creativity together uh, and create some some really exciting stuff, which we're releasing in January, which I I was desperate to tell you about, but I can't. But uh, stay tuned for January. Oh, that's such a teaser! I want to hear about it now. <laughs> I know it's not fair. Is it? We've talked about steam. So, what role do you see future technologies and innovations playing to help create future global iconic events that connect people in new and exciting ways? Well, I think there's two halves to that. I think I hope that that you know lots of countries around the world continue to develop new products. Basically, um, you know, this is what we're trying to do with Unboxed. You know, not sort of just stage another mega event or another sporting event. There's plenty of those, but try and create something new. Um, and I think you see various places around the world doing that. You know, in different ways, and and long may that continue because it addresses audiences in different ways. It allows people to come together in different ways. And it stretches our imaginations. Now, the other side of that is we've still got this great array of sort of traveling circus mega events that go around the world. They're great for countries. They're great for cities. People love them. One of the issues with those is that they are so big or they can get so big, it cuts down the amount of countries that can actually host them. And I'm hoping that technology as we go forward may help us make those beasts of events more malleable so that we can see them in other places around the world who can't necessarily do the full shebang. I mean, in, in ceremonies, there's some interesting stuff happening because these, you know, they're beasts of shows as well. They're really expensive. But what extended reality and AR and, you know, all the others are allowing us to do is to play around with that. So, you know, you watch the MTV Awards these days, two thirds of the set isn't there. Right now, that that kind of technology is going to completely change the way how we do these big ceremony shows and hopefully make them more cost effective and imaginative. And then, you know, at the moment we have to build big rigs to uh, 
fly scenery and people through the air. We're not far off drones being able to lift that kind of weight. That will make things cheaper as well and, again, more imaginative. So it's really fun. I mean, even working on this show for the games, you know, our basic question is what exists now that didn't exist 10 years ago in London? Because actually that's a good starting point to make sure we make something different. Um, and that's a, a really interesting sort of set of premises, really. And maybe you'll see the result of that uh, on the 28th of July next year. And it's so fitting to talk about that whilst we are here at a World Expo, but we are recording this content so that anyone in the world can access it, can enjoy some of the UK Pavilion's activations, but also hopefully be inspired to then continue watching what the UK creative sector are doing, tune into Birmingham Commonwealth Games, tune into Unboxed, and also check out what every other country at Expo are doing as well, because we know there are some other podcast series, we know there's lots of other on-demand content, so yeah, really, really fitting to talk about how people can access and potentially how other countries can access these major events. Absolutely. I mean, I, I was lucky enough to do some work with Expo in its early days when we were looking at its cultural and creative strategy for the whole site. And I spent a lot of time in Dubai, as ever in my life, walking around a building site, not the finished thing, but I'm hoping to get there in the next few weeks and months. But you're right, you know, the, the sustainability pavilion, all the country pavilions, there's some really interesting ideas there. So yes, whilst of course we're going to say, go and see this amazing UK pavilion. And once again, as Devlin, you know, one of the greatest designers in the world, let alone the UK, has done an extraordinary job there. There are some absolutely amazing other representations there. And I can't wait to get back in because the last time I saw it, it was a building site. So I can't go. I can't wait to get back. We can't wait to have you. Thank you so much for joining us today, Martin, and for talking about unboxed creativity in the UK in 2022 and your work with the Birmingham Commonwealth Games and just generally your knowledge of the creative industries and major iconic events that we've hosted here in the UK but also the impact that they have globally. Thanks for having me. One thing that I think will stick with me this idea of you don't have to be there to be there that you can participate in some of these things no matter where you are in the world or what you're up to and I think that's that's a really important thing to leave with and definitely something that's going to stick with me thanks for listening to future focus the UK at expo podcast series look out for more podcasts in the series or subscribe on your preferred podcast platform and if you want to stay up to date with all things UK Pavilion, links to our social media channels can be found in the episode description.